we've all heard the horror stories. We probably maybe unfortunately had to go through one yourself where uh, you've had to sit through a long wait in an emergency room. That's just part of what going to the emergency room entails in a lot of cases. I mean, not if you're seriously ill, obviously, but um, if you're not, you know, you may not have a choice and you're just going to have to wait it out is what it is. But are there things you can do to make it a little easier on yourself? To find out, we're going to chat with Dr. Shazma Mathani now, who's an emergency room physician at the Royal Alec and the Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton. And uh, Dr. Mathani, thanks for joining us again. Always a delight. Always a delight on my end, too. Thanks for having me, Shay. So, yeah, I mean, you're doing this. We've talked about it before with Dr. Mathani. She's taken up um, sort of, uh, I don't know, would you call it a public education or a public awareness campaign on your social media, Dr. Mathani, where you're just basically giving people tips on how to make um, life a little bit easier from the doctor's point of view, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's to educate the public, to help empower them with information, to help keep them healthy and hopefully out of the eMERGE. And it, some of it is great. You know, I mean, we all especially if you've got kids, you're probably going to end up in an emergency room at one time or another. It just seems the way that it goes. And, you know, we all just sort of surrender to whatever happens. Are there things you can do before you even leave to go to the ER for yourself or for your kid? Doesn't matter. Are there things you can do to sort of help make things a little easier when you get there? Yeah, there are, there are quite a few things. And I would say the first thing is just the mindset that you go with. Uh, you know, we know in the yeah. eMERGE that it's, it, it is the worst day of so many people's lives. And trust me, we, we know that, we understand that, and we feel that for our patients. Um, but g- give us a little bit of grace and, and have trust yeah. in us that if you're sick, we will see you. We will make sure that we find a way to see you, find space to see you. And um, just be kind. Be kind to yourself and be kind to us and just be patient. So going there with the right mindset really um, we'll frame the rest of the visit uh, for for the patients or for the parents. So that that would be my first and foremost piece of advice for sure. And Dr. Mathani, do you think uh, there's people that go there that you know sort of see it as hey, it, it's like a uh, a restaurant waiting room where it's like hey, we were here first. That's not how it works. It, it's not who got here first. It's who needs to be seen first, right? That's it's it's triage based on need. Exactly. And so there is there is a standardized triage system that's used all across Canada that we use. And it's based on what uh, what you're there with, how sick you are, what your vital signs are, and what the kind of main concerns would be for what you could be presenting with. So, of course, somebody who comes in with uh, a diagnosed heart attack is going to definitely take priority over somebody who might have broken a bone. And so that's not to say that a broken bone is not an emergency. Sure. But things that are life-threatening I'll always take priority. Is there a way of finding out what kind of condition you're in before you go? I think for a lot of people, it's like something's really wrong here. I don't know what it is, but I think I'm in trouble. I need to go to the ER. And you end up waiting and waiting and waiting. Is there, is there some way to try and find out whether maybe you don't even need to go to the ER? Maybe there's another way of handling it. So a few things. I mean, if you have a family doctor, often family doctor clinics will have after-hours numbers or, or colleagues that are on call. And so trying to call your family doctor's office first um, is always our, our uh, first advice. They're the, they're the people that know you the best. Um, calling 811 as well, and they can go through some questions with you and give you a sense of how urgent it might be to go into the emergency department. So those would be the two things that I would recommend to decide if you need to go in or not. And of course, if in doubt, just come in. Now, if you're headed there, you're going to the to the ER. Um, beforehand, I noticed on your social media, you were saying things like document what's going on so that you go in mm-hmm. and can tell the doc exactly what's happening, right? Absolutely. So there are some things that are just so invaluable to us. Um, pictures and videos are a big one. So it sounds kind of gross, but if you're vomiting blood, for example, or, or if you have blood in your poop, yeah. please, please take pictures because you may not be doing that by the time you get to see us. And so... Having those visuals are really, really helpful for us to 
um, to get a sense of what tests might need to be done or what might be going on. Okay. Um, if you have some sort of a wound or a concern about an infection that you think has been progressing, document photos every day. Um, so that we can see how much the redness is getting worse, for example. Uh, if you have a child who might have had a seizure or is having some strange movements or, or uh, behaviors that, that are concerning to you, take videos of it because if not us, then, you know, the consulting teams or other specialists would definitely be interested in, in seeing those because what often happens is by the time you get to the ER, you're either feeling better or the symptom that you're coming in with is not presenting or the movement is not happening anymore. And so having that documentation is really, really helpful for us. And then it makes things uh, more efficient for the patients as well. Yeah, great idea. Never even thought about that. What about whether you eat before you go? Should you stop eating? You don't know. That's always, uh, is it wives' tale that stop eating or should you feed the kid? How does that work? So it's a great question. So if it's for, for kids, we say, um, unless I would say for a kid, unless you're certain that your child has a broken bone, it's okay to let them continue to snack because okay. kids' metabolisms are so much higher that they really do need to have snacks and feed uh, regularly. You certainly don't want to uh, crank your child in the waiting room, but uh, two reasons to not eat. So one would be if there's a concern about a broken bone or a dislocation, because we would need to sedate you or your family member in order to reset that bone. And you have to have an empty stomach for that for your own safety. Okay. So if you're concerned about a broken bone or a dislocated bone that might need sedation, then please don't eat or drink anything like not even sips of water because that could delay how long the definitive management takes for you because we'd have to wait then four hours before we can do the sedation. The other thing is if you're concerned or if you have any sort of gastrointestinal symptoms, so if you're having lots of severe vomiting or diarrhea or really severe abdominal pain, we would also recommend not eating or drinking because some of the tests that we need to do rely on an empty stomach. And if it's something that needs surgery, that also it's important to have an empty stomach for that as well. And so if those are two situations that you might be in, then the best answer is to, to err on the side of caution and not eat or drink anything. Excellent. Okay. Uh Got a couple here I'm going to try and squeeze in. Last one on this topic. Um, be prepared, right? I mean, you might have to wait, so don't walk in there. I mean, plan for that. Exactly. So bring a book, bring a phone charger, yeah. a podcast. Uh, you know, if you're allowed to eat or drink, bring snacks and water. Um, so just, you know, be prepared to wait. And, and again, keep in mind that if you're waiting a long time, that's actually probably a good thing because what you have is, not Very unlikely to be life-threatening and not serious. And so come there uh, with toys and activities for your kids, too, just to try to make the, the wait um, a bit more tolerable. Uh, last one, if I can, before I let you go. This heat that we're seeing, what's going on in, uh, right across the province, really, around the world, in fact, uh, the way it's been the last couple of weeks. Has that caused an increase in ER visits? Absolutely. So it's, um, and we're going to see more and more of that yeah. as the summer goes on, uh, as the you know, the heat waves come, we are going to see more heat-related illnesses. So um, lots of things. I don't know if you want me to talk about what you can do to Yeah, sure, yourself. absolutely. Yeah, so really, really important. So stay well hydrated because sweating is kind of the most effective way for your body to cool down. So stay well hydrated, drink lots of water. If you're going to be out in the heat, really try to take breaks in, in cool places with air conditioning um, and take shelter and regular breaks in the shade or in, inside in, in the cool space. And then uh, making sure if you're exercising outside, please do it in the morning or even the evenings are pretty hot now. So like yeah. early in the morning is really the safest time to exercise outdoors because by the time you get even close to 11 or, or noon, 
it's uh, well above the mid-20s and, and it becomes more and more dangerous to exercise outside and, and you can develop what's called exertional heat stroke and that can be something that can be pretty dangerous. What should we be watching for to say, oh, I might be in trouble here? For sure. So if you're noticing that you start feeling unwell, like having any nausea or vomiting, if you're sweating an excessive amount um, and having symptoms like feeling dizzy or lightheaded, uh, feeling really tired, if you notice any of those things, just get into an air-conditioned space right away. And if those get worse or don't go away, then that would be a reason to come into hospital. Dr. Methani, uh, great information as always. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me today.